0: Hello, and welcome to Star Wars Sleepover, a laid-back discussion of the captivating and sometimes ridiculous galaxy far, far away. I'm Europa Tokani,
1: and I am here with my co-host. Hi! I'm Loya Rowan. Today, we'll be discussing the spectrum of emotions that the droid romance evokes. Representative? Kinky? Disturbing? Insanely problematic? Via Solo. Yep, we're talking L337 and Lando.
0: Now it's time for our first segment, Cantina Corner. Every episode, Loya and I are each choosing a Star Wars themed cocktail to enjoy during our sleepover. And I'll start off with mine. This week, I decided to go with something that fit the theme. And since we are going to be diving into the relationship between L3 and Lando, I chose the Frozen Lando cocktail, which is by Redhead Baby Mama, and we will share the link to the recipe on our website. So it is limoncello, citron vodka, but I just went with Tito's, and then frozen lemonade concentrate, ice, and basically just some garnish, so it is calls for a mint sprig and an orange wheel i just went with an orange wheel and it also specified blue cake sprinkles to rim the glass i am not a big fan of sprinkles or excessive sugar (laughs) so i just use sugar honestly i would use salt if it were like a tequila drink But I went with sugar, and I, again, utilized the endless amount of blue Curacao that I have (laughs) to dye the sugar blue. So it's not quite as vibrant as it's supposed to be, but the whole idea behind it is that it's supposed to be kind of reflective of Lando's clothes and his style in Solo. So because the drink is made with frozen lemonade concentrate, it's yellow, and then it has the blue rim, and... The little touch of orange, so it's meant to be kind of stylish and evocative of Lando. Hopefully, it is good. And it's not qu- It's really not as frozen as I thought it was going to be, <laughs> which is interesting. I don't know if I just didn't put enough ice in it, but I am going to go ahead and try it. I feel like it'd be better not frozen. Hmm. So, good. Yeah. It's a little sweet for me. I'm not a big sweet drinks person. Put some extra alcohol in it because it honestly didn't seem like enough, which is kind of a theme. But it's good. The lemonade is refreshing, even though it's not totally frozen. So I think it's a success. What's your drink this week, Loya?
1: So as I was telling Europa before we got started with this podcast, I have realized now that every single one of my drinks involves the dark side and this week is no exception again also totally unrelated to our topic for this week and this week i'm resuming my i don't have this ingredient so i'm making it up so i did death star which is another uh, drink posted on liquor.com it was originally created by taverna opa in orlando and it involves Jagermeister, which I do not have and is not in this drink. Whiskey, which is just a bit I ran out. Vodka, triple stock, sour mix, which I substituted for squirt, and Coca-Cola. So uh, it is dark. It actually does kind of look like the drink this time. So I, I have that going for me. And I will try it and see how this all tastes given my, given my amendments. I'm sure it'll be delicious. Ah, it's good. I feel like it does need more alcohol. But maybe that's because I put more vodka than whiskey in it. And maybe, I mean, maybe the Jägermeister would be better in this. I haven't had, I've never had Jägermeister, like, by itself. So I haven't? No. No.
0: I've only had Jägermeister by itself, and it was not a good experience. <laughs> okay. Actually, I don't know. You may have been there. Was I? Because it was was in, not our college town, but an adjacent college town for one of my birthdays. And my friends from home were there.
1: I was there, but I don't remember that night for some reason. And it wasn't because of the drinking. Like, it was just, (laughs) like, for some reason I'm fuzzy on that night. Yeah, so I actually, like, what does it taste like? I was trying to look up a substitute, and they, like... Said vermouth, and I'm like, I'm yeah, not doing no, that. No,
0: it's hard to describe. Like, it has some, almost like a medicinal taste, in my opinion. I think it's one of those liquors that's just a bunch of herbs, but like just... very strong. And I don't know why Jägermeister is
1: like a college thing because it's just like, I don't know. So, this needs something. Maybe I mean maybe as an adult I mean I'm pretty sure when I tried it like if I were would have tried like apérol for instance in college I would have thought it was nasty or mezcal. Getting to our episode and some housekeeping. So I've been working on the website and I realized that there were some omissions in our previous episodes. And one of those is the memory I had mentioned with my grandmother watching Empire Strikes Back, but actually probably Return of the Jedi. It is neither of those things. It was probably Caravan of Courage, an Ewok film that is now a legend. I could not reconcile my grandmother watching Star Wars and, I think that is why she. I wasn't watching the actual trilogy, original trilogy. I was watching a children's movie that involves small furry creatures, according to my grandmother. So I'm pretty sure we will try to see if we can fit that into a further yeah. season.
0: We definitely should because yeah. I have never seen that. I've only seen photos of the extremely 80s looking little girl. And that's yep. really all I know about it. So we definitely should do that at some point. <laughs>
1: Agreed. I am 80 to 90% sure that that is what I saw because I just remember children and there are no children. There are no children in In the original trilogy. trilogy.
0: Also, we should totally at some point watch the holiday special because I also have never seen that in full.
1: Yes. I agree. As I was telling Europa before we started this episode, I made a mistake of dipping into the overall fandom and the very short clip of the YouTube video I watched, which involves much raging against the wokeness of the sequels and Solo did reference the uh, the holiday movie, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to watch this, and I'm going to like it just to spite you, but that's not strictly true. I probably will not like it, but I want to see it.
0: I, If I had to guess, I would guess that we're going to love it because it's going to be so bad and... I can definitely see us just laughing at it and
1: appreciating it for that. Can we watch the Muppet, Muppet episode too? The Muppet episode. Yes! It has oh, Mark Hamill. It that? has my favorite clip ever from the Muppets, which involves Mark Hamill gargling Gershwin, which I will so okay. link. I don't think I've seen that episode, but
0: I'm positive that you have shown me that clip.
1: Oh, I'm sure too. I am I love that clip. It cracks me up every time. His, like, joy at gargling with a Muppet is just, makes me love Mark Hamill. And the other housekeeping item is, we talked about fridging last week, and I was remiss to not mention Gail Simone, who is responsible for creating the compilation, the websites, and really spearheading that trope into the general cultural consciousness and i have not read anything that she's written but i am excited to at some point especially now that we have access to many many comics (laughs) yeah Um, so we
0: just got marvel unlimited we (laughs) split the annual subscription so we have access to all the star wars comics that are on there plus a bunch of other things so that's very exciting for the future
1: Exactly. That should help inform our opinion even further. And in addition to Clone Wars, which we are progressing through. Yes. I know we also wanted to
0: just talk about something that we both experienced after recording our last episode. (laughs) Apparently it made a big impression on us and our subconscious.
1: Yes. So I had a very terrified like it was a series of nightmares. About being too close to people with not wearing masks, and then also Palpatine randomly in my dreams, among other things. I won't get into the politic, uh political component, but yeah, Palpatine showed up in my dreams, and I was not thrilled with this development, at all. I don't have spec- uh, specifics, but he was there. He was right there. I had a dream that again I don't
0: remember fully, but I know that at some point in the dream, like I was Padme. And I was with Anakin trying to hide our relationship from everyone. And it also somehow involved being at like a laser tag place.
1: You know, lightsabers, lasers.
0: So yeah, that also was not really pleasant for me. And then I was also telling Loya about how after I saw Rise of Skywalker back when it came out, I had a nightmare about Palpatine where I was on Exegol. (laughs) running from him and like the whole dream was just me on Exegol just running and running trying to get away from Palpatine and I don't know why of all of the things that we could possibly dream about that are Star Wars related we have to have dreams about Palpatine
1: yeah agreed I mean (sighs) I would take dreams of many other people, many other droids. Droids, I would happily have an R2-D2 dream. But no, no, I had to be Palpatine. That being said, better Palpatine than Anakin. All right. So I guess we should get probably into our main discussion points, which is to say droids. And I should mention as a disclosure, we, I, both, we both thought this was going to be like a lighthearted discussion. I don't know Why?
0: Yeah, I, we even ended our last episode being like, next week will be a lighter episode. I don't know because I think we just came up with this idea, having watched Solo together fairly recently, and mm-hmm. we we're like, oh, like L three is interesting. Her relationship with Lando, like, what's going on there? It would be fun to discuss it. And then as we started planning out the episode, we were like, wait, <laughs> this will bring us into questions about. Droids in general in Star Wars, whether droids are sentient, whether droids have free will and can give consent. So we're going to have to get into all of that before we get to L3. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yes. And we are next week should be should be more lighthearted. So, yeah, I, I can't really imagine
0: how next week's episode would get all that profound so
1: (laughs) hopefully we are in for for some lighter content soon yes bear with us we we try to organize the season to be kind of like oh this is gonna be serious this is gonna be more fun and i mean these last two have been three three the for queen shadow was enjoyable yeah i'm not gonna include that so (laughs) all right droids in the overall Star Wars universe we have very memorable characters and I'm excited to hear what you have to say Europa because I know you love droids and your love of droids has inspired me to appreciate them more as characters and then of course like as I get as we researched for this episode I felt badly that I didn't like them more as characters because they have personalities and I think I mean I'm just gonna go out and say it like in order for L-337 and Lando to not be insanely problematic that I referenced in the opening. They have to be sentient. Like, they have to be sentient. You can't have L-337 just being a sex slave. And when you think of R2-D2 and C-3PO, they're sentient. They have personalities. They, like, react to situations based on experience. Like
0: I do love droids, but honestly, the reason that I love droids, and I should be more more specific with that there are particular droids that i really love r2d2 as i mentioned before is one of my favorite characters Mm -hmm. i loved him when i was a kid and i still love him and when force awakens came out although i did like was resistant to bb8 because i loved r2 so much BB-8 completely won me over. He's so cute. He's cuter than R2-D2, honestly. And I love him, too. But this is the reason that I love these droids, is because they're adorable. And yes, they both definitely have personalities, but I feel like the way that I view at least those two is that they're kind of like pets. Like They're like little cute animals, like a dog or a cat. And I've talked to you about when I went to Disney World before Galaxy's Edge was open and I went to meet BB8. <laughs> it was a weird experience because you just walk into a room and BB8 is there on a platform, like rolling around, but rolling around in place because you can't go anywhere. And when I walked in, it was like I walked into someone's house and their dog was there. I was just like, hi, BB8. Like, that's how I feel I respond to them, and I don't connect right? as much with other droids. Like, I know we were going to talk about IG-11 yep. and things like that, and, like, those droids, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. So I really think it is the cute aspect of them that I respond to.
1: Right, which really is, like, okay, so if, if we take them as a view of pets, And like you can you can argue like animal consciousness and animal sentience, like they have feelings, like yeah, there have been plenty of like very horrific unethical studies done on dogs to indicate that they feel pain. I won't get into that, although I did just get into it. Never mind. So with that perspective, basically Lando's relationship with L three three seven, like that that's like the problematic aspect, right? If we view if we view droids as pets. That means essentially, like, it's bestiality, or in this case, droidiality.
0: So like, I think
1: the important
0: distinction or the thing that we are going to discuss about L337 is whether she's an exception to what being a droid typically means in Star Wars. And I think to start talking about that, we can go back to R2-D2, who is also an exception.
1: But... But then you have to argue that C-3PO is also an exception. Or, like, okay, so we're going to get into, like... But is C-3PO an exception? Yeah, he he had a restraining bolt. His restraining bolt was taken off. Okay,
0: so C-3PO doesn't have a restraining bolt. So that means he has more autonomy than most droids, because it's a matter of course that droids have a restraining bolt. However he has had his memory wiped and right. he had his memory wiped at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So he has no memory of anything that happened before the original trilogy.
1: Right, but then you can make the case that, like, does that make him any less sentient? Like, he doesn't have memory of, like, his previous experiences, but he has experiences going forward that he's accruing and reacting to. So it'd be like, it'd be like saying, like, or I mean, this is naturally where my mind goes, is someone who has dementia, like they don't have a memory of necessarily of their past. Does that make them any less a person?
0: No. But I would say in the Star Wars universe, it's always R2 D2 who is considered to be the exception because he's never had his memory wiped. And that is almost unheard of. And he is probably the droid at least Up until we meet L3, who I would say has the most apparent personality, just seems like I don't know, like he's sassy, he has an attitude, like then we talked about he's not subservient.
1: We talked about C-3PO being anxious, being, like, kind of uptight, being, like, oh, like, the sky is falling. And that also indicates, like, a personality to me. And then you get into, like, the meat. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this later as well. But, like, you know, during the droid revolution, L3 takes off the restraining bolts. And these droids, like, immediately start reacting in ways they're not programmed to do, right, right? So, like, our restraining bolts and our memory wipes just essentially tools of slavery to keep droids in line, and that droids are yeah. like overall sentient, and so, they're just. Eating. I mean, that's the main question: is like, if droids didn't
0: have restraining bolts, would they all just want to be autonomous and be autonomous?
1: Yeah. Or, and memory wipes, too, right? Like, it's a lot easier to manipulate someone or a droid if they don't remember who they are. But also, like, you have an entire trope of movies, right? Where, like, someone has their memory destroyed and they're behaving in ways that they maybe don't understand. And, like, their memory starts coming back. Like, And as we saw in Rise of Skywalker, right? C-3PO does regain his memory after a memory wipe,
0: Well, he regains his memory because R2 has a backup of him. Yeah. Which, whatever, to that whole plot point, but... Agreed. That's the reason that he gets his memories back.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, if it it easy to back someone's memory up, you know, they're just people reacting... Droid people reacting in like predictable ways to like their current situation, but if they weren't routinely like manipulated and manhandled, they would be reacting differently.
0: Yeah, I don't know if we know a lot about how droids came into being and what droids were like in the beginning. Did they gain sentience at some point? Did their AI develop beyond what it initially was? I don't think those answers are apparent
1: yes i would completely agree because i mean like then you get into i mean the way that it came up in solo it seemed like the writers had this idea and they just like even in even the way it's treated in the film it's kind of offhand right like they're they're conducting a heist like they're there l3 is trying to get access to the computer And she just takes off the droid's restraining bolt and is just like, go liberate. And he's like, okay. And then next thing you know, there's a full-on revolt. But it's not like she meant that to happen necessarily. Like she embraced her role, but it was just kind of like, yeah, we're doing this, which is crazy. But I feel like they just came up with this idea and didn't think it through.
0: Yeah, and a lot of... My research around L3 brought up that idea and that criticism that they had this idea for L3 that they thought was interesting, but it has implications for... The whole Star Wars universe and all of the concepts that we're talking about. And it was even to the point that commenters were like, Star Wars never should have gone here because it opens up a whole can of worms. And yep. you do have to think about what droids are and humans' relationships with droids or, you know, other species' relationships with droids.
1: And, I mean, it's, it's so unevenly treated, too. Like, if that's the case, then... L3s, yeah. (laughs) We'll get to that. So in Wikipedia, too, like the curators there also don't really know how to handle it. Like I have a quote where it's just like, droids were usually completely obedient and precise and normally followed the proprietor's orders. Some droids, however, were emancipated and fended for themselves. And there's like no, no elaboration there, right? Like okay, so some of them were docile and some of them were like completely able to like make their own autonomous decisions. And it It's just like, that's insanely problematic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there are a couple of other things that were included in the Wikipedia article that I wanted to just bring into the conversation. And one of them is is the idea that droids are not living beings and they can't access the Force. So, I mean, obviously they're not biological life forms. But I just think that is worth bringing up, at least for thinking about droids in the context of certain characters who do use or are in touch with the Force and how they might look at droids. And I also wanted to bring in this interesting tidbit from the Dr. Aphra comics. So there are two droids in those comics, and I also love them, but... (laughs) For different reasons, I guess I have to kind of rescind what I just said about like droids because they're cute. Because there is a reprogrammed protocol droid named Triple Zero in those comics who basically looks like C-3PO. Yeah. And he is basically uh, like an assassin droid.
1: Yeah. Like HK-47, right? Or that's KOTOR. And he, in those comics theorizes
0: that the Force could flow through a droid if it were equipped with a special engine driven by human blood.
1: That's... (laughs) (laughs) Why even include that detail? I don't know. (laughs) So, basically, droids could be entirely human if they only had human blood. like I guess so.
0: Droids could be in tune with the Force if they could incorporate human blood.
1: See, oh man, this is like, I think we can agree that both R2-D2, like we'll set aside three, C-3PO for now, but R2-D2 and L3 are like unique. Yes. I mean, or at least we'll go with that. But at the same time like, when you think about okay, Lando having a relationship with L3, that means, in theory, R2 could engage in a relationship with someone. And then it just raises, like, all these red flags for me. Not red flags, but, like, Yeah, I mean, we'll get into
0: that more, and I have some thoughts on that. But one last thing we should say before we get into L3 specifically is that Wikipedia also talked a little bit about how the Empire viewed droids versus Mm. the Republic, And insinuated that the Republic viewed droids as being sentient. Yeah. Whereas, I guess, the implication is that the Empire just viewed them as tools for whatever they needed them for.
1: Which supports, like, how battle droids are portrayed. Like, they're like the orcs in lord of the rings like you're not supposed to feel empathy for them oh that being said as we're watching like clone wars roger roger is like hilarious to me like i don't know what that is when it says roger roger i'm like oh
0: Oh, no No. i'm glad you enjoy
1: that (laughs) anyways maybe i just like the name roger so i feel like that's like almost what's the word i'm looking for it's it's a plot twist of convenience. It's like, George Luke, again, like, George Lucas, like, being like, I don't have a response for this, so I'm just gonna write this in, like... Well, it's also
0: kind of just, like, shorthand for how the two okay. sides behave. Like, obviously the Empire doesn't care about what happens to people, so it doesn't care about what happens to droids, and... Well,
1: Count Dooku does point out they're expensive. Okay, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, general (laughs) grievance. They care about the cost of if the droids get destroyed, but, like, uh, this is illustrated in the movies where, like, you see droids on Star Destroyers and things like that, and they have little mouse droids that are not as anthropomorphic, even, Mm -hmm. as other droids, and they're kind of just, like, in the background. And then you have luke with r2d2 and c3po where they become more like companions and even in the sequel trilogy when bb8 is introduced with poe that's probably the best example of a droid being like a pet because there's like there's a scene in the last jedi i think where poe has been separated from bb8 like bb8 runs over to Poe and Poe is rubbing BB8's belly like he's a dog. Yeah. So it's yeah. just shown that you know people who are on the good side have affectionate relationships with droids.
1: Yeah. But then if we assume that they're actually treating them as sentient beings, like does that raise any I mean I don't think so, right? Like if I knew, if I knew someone who liked to have their belly rubbed, like in theory I would rub their belly. <laughs>
0: I guess it also depends how you define sentient. Like, would you consider your dog to be sentient?
1: So, that yeah. I, <laughs> I was looking this up. And so there's, like, an animalethics.org. So there are, I mean, sentience has, like, many, many discussions about it and like suffering and enjoyment. And we're like, we establish that dogs feel pain, ergo they do suffer. So like, this is a very broad definition of sentience is to be able to be capable of being affected positively or negatively, which is just like kind of vague for me. Another synonym sometimes used for conscious or sentient is having mental states. A mental state can only be experienced by a mind. A mind is simply a subject of experience. So like, yeah, I feel like it just, like, really, with those kind of broad definitions, then, yeah, droids definitely have to be sentient.
0: Okay, so I think before we get into more specifics, we can agree on the fact that droids are sentient. All droids are sentient. Mm-hmm. It's just that some of them have restraining bolts and have their memories wiped frequently in order to prevent them from being autonomous.
1: Yeah, And then, man, after the break, we're going to get really into it because there are some very problematic things that are said in Solo, assuming that as a basis.
0: (laughs) All right, now that we've gotten into... (laughs) The nature of sentience and philosophy. We'll talk about L three.
1: All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take it away from here because okay. I know you've done a lot of background information on her her backstory. So L three appears
0: on screen in Solo, and actually is not in the movie for all that long. I rewatched the clips that involved her the other night and. She really isn't in that much of the movie, but she obviously does make an impression since we're doing a whole episode about her other than solo. She does also appear in a middle grade novel, a comic and also last shot, which is a Canon adult novel. (laughs) And that sounds sexual, but (laughs) it's not meant that way. (laughs) It's just not a young adult novel. And it involves Lando, Chewie, and Han, and I really want to read it.
1: I want to read it now, too.
0: And then there is also a solo novelization, and we will get into that a bit later because I have a very interesting quote from it. Elfree's origin is... A little vague, but we know that her original owner left her restraining bolt off and she began to modify herself and also to download information that would essentially allow her to be autonomous and independent. So she downloaded ship info, maps, which is why she's such a good navigator, and also cases related to droid freedom. So in her case, as soon as the restraining bolt was off, she's like, I need to figure out how to be free. And so we've talked about just the existence of Restraining Bolts already and whether all droids would naturally be autonomous without them which I think probably they
1: would.
0: And... moving on her name is a (laughs) reference to leet which is the act of replacing certain letters of a word with numbers on the internet which i don't think happens all that frequently anymore but definitely was a thing like back in the 90s and then interestingly she was conceived in conversations between the first directors on the film, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who were fired. (laughs) And there was a whole controversy around that, but it also involved Lawrence and John Kasdan, who were the screenwriters. And Miller, I guess, introduced the fact that the bartender in the cantina in a new hope, you know, is upset that C-3PO is in his establishment and says, we don't serve their kind here. But <laughs> droids don't seem to cause any trouble, really. So they were just kind of like, what's that about? Why wouldn't someone want a droid in their bar? So they... Is that
1: why they, like, directly reference that in Solo, where they're just like, if yeah. they don't even serve our kind here, it's because yeah. of that observation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was a reaction to that, and they just thought,
0: like, let's introduce a droid that would be a problem. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so then L3 is introduced when Han and Kira go to find Lando. Han meets Lando first before L3 comes in. And one thing that I did notice rewatching that scene is, you know, Lando is sitting playing Sabacc, I think, and talking to Han and a droid comes in and brings him a drink and he says, thanks, love. Which is not really a way that we have ever seen a human interact with a droid
1: before. So if he was British, that might make a little bit more sense. But it's not like he's like, you know, going around calling everyone love. So that is interesting that you notice that. And then L3 we see first, kind of during this whole
0: extended conversation between Han, Leo, and Kira. And she is (laughs) yelling at the person who is in charge of like, essentially the battle bots <laughs> that mm-hmm. are at this establishment for people's entertainment, saying, no, unacceptable, stop exploiting droids. She tells the droids that they're being used for entertainment and tells them to exercise free will, which I guess they can't if they, they're restraining yeah. that. And she also says, droid rights, we are sentient. Oh my gosh, she says
1: that? She says that, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can't really question it makes a lot more sense, like, the writer's views subsequently because if they're operating with that basis, which raises a lot of problematic questions as we've already discussed, like, yeah, that makes Lando and L3's relationship an entirely different. And we also find out later that she
0: has a tool that she carries around to remove restraining bolts. (laughs) So that's a whole other aspect of it. But the scene goes on. They decide that they're going to go to Kessel And she's arguing with Lando saying, what if I don't want to go to Castle? And he's just like, well, you'll go. And she's like, why? Because you're my organic overlord. Yeah. And they kind of bicker back and forth in kind of a weird way because it's all about the fact that she's a droid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then Lando turns to Han and is just like, I mean, I can see your quote. If I can go ahead and say it, yeah. like I would wipe her memory, but she's got the best best damn navigational database in the galaxy. Like if droids are sentient, he's basically like joking around about assaulting her. Like I'll, I'd wipe your memory. Like I just can't imagine going around and like, I mean, granted, maybe Lando's putting on a good front for Han, which I feel like would be the case. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, like. The fact that that doesn't raise... I guess Han's not really on the side of the Republic right now. Like, you know, he spent how long being on... Doing his own thing. Let's just say that. So I guess maybe that's not as problematic as it seems.
0: I mean, I think in a way that whole back and forth is supposed to be framed in like almost a playful manner. Like banter. But it makes it weird that...
1: He then She's, turns to someone who's a stranger, and it's just like, I would totally wipe her memory, but I won't. So she
0: is the original co-pilot with Lando of the Falcon, and they seem to have affection for one another. They seem to like flying the ship together. Like, they salute each other before they take off.
1: Because of L three sentients, and Lando's open-minded, like, that all makes sense. They're treating I mean, aside from him joking to, like, someone who's not on the same page.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing is, uh, no one else is on the same page as Lando. Nope. Like, Lando clearly is much more open-minded than pretty much anyone else and is... Willing or can see L3 in a way that others wouldn't be able to. Like we just discussed, <laughs> even if you are in the Republic or you're a good guy who looks at droids in an affectionate way, it's still in a way that you're clearly their superior. Yeah. Like you're responsible for them. You tell them what to do. Like, yes, you can like having them around and like having their company, but. There's no way that most people that we know in the Star Wars universe would even begin to look at a droid as an equal.
1: Which is crazy. Like, again, this ties right back into the fact that, like, yeah, they didn't think this through. Because if they're sentient, they're, and I mean, at least in multiple cases, they have autonomy. They're thinking for themselves. Like, you're basically degrading an entire segment of the population as pets when they're not. Necessarily, pets.
0: And then it raises the question: If L three, although she denies it, and we'll get into that. Like, if L three can have feelings for Lando, can other droids have feelings for other droids or people or other species? Yeah,
1: I feel like that just. I mean, it does open a can of worms. But I feel like this is what makes this episode like so much heavier than what we initially anticipated. Is like we are literally talking about personhood. What constitutes someone's like autonomy, their rights as a person, like if they're sentient. I mean, we talked about this beforehand. Like, is it really OK to take C-3PO on these missions where he's very, very clearly not comfortable? But then again, is it just like the same way they treat the comedic relief in general in movies where it's just like someone's freaking out? And they're like, oh, he's scared. Like, it's fine. Like, does it make it better or worse that he's a droid? is it the same like maybe there's no comparison I still haven't thought of like a good example of someone else being treated in this way in another film but I know for that matter there's also
0: the relationship between C-3PO and R2-D2
1: yeah I know I was thinking that too I was just like well maybe their connection goes deeper than just being friends but at the same time like C-3PO says outright we are friends. So maybe, like, it. I mean, who knows, right? Like, we're relying on the limitations of the filmmakers and their their beliefs going into it, I guess. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, even if you're just talking about their friendship, like, I guess droids can have
1: friendships. <laughs> yeah. I would agree with that. Yes. Because we, we have basically come to the conclusion that droids are sentient. Because if you take off their restraining bolts, they behave in different ways than their programming – Because L3 tells us that they're sentient. Because L3 and R2-D2 exist, there's a possibility for sentience, if not already sentient, to develop. And so with that as a parameter, or as a baseline, as a foundation, you have to take the next logical step to be like, okay, if they're sentient, then they're capable of developing feelings, which we also have to kind of accept due to Solo, because otherwise... L3 and Lando's relationship is, like, fundamentally screwed up. Okay, so that being said,
0: let's talk about L3's conversation with Kira on the Falcon, which I think is probably the most meaty part of what we see of L3. Yes. So... They are flying to Kessel, and they are alone in the cockpit, and I thought we should do a reading. All right, (laughs) do you want
1: to be L3 or do you want to be Kiara? Your choice. I'll be L3. All
0: right, go ahead.
1: (laughs) All right, I'm going to rotate my chair. So what are you going to do about your little problem?
0: Problem? I, er,
1: uh... Well, that brand on your wrist tells me you're committed. And that young male's heart fluctuation tells me he's in love with you.
0: Todd is not
1: in love with me. Oh, please. It's just us. You don't have to pretend. I'm in the same situation. You are? I'm sure you've noticed that Lando has feelings for me. Which makes working together difficult because I do not feel the same way about him. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Sometimes I think... Maybe, but no, no, we're just not compatible. How would that work? It works. (laughs) that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) I could be L3 any day. Um, yeah, Yeah, I'll let you talk.
0: All right. So as I said, L3 is kind of protesting and being like, it's obvious that Lando is obsessed with me but I don't feel the same way. It's like, why are you even bringing this up if you don't feel the same way? And just the whole exchange about how would that work and her saying it works. Like, it's happened.
1: Yeah. I still yeah. don't know how that works, but I think it's happened. I would agree. Because, I mean, she, I know also, like, the earlier scene that, like, she tells Lando that he has to do that thing later. Like, that imply I don't know. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. So she was having some, like, I don't know, technical di- difficulties, mechanical difficulties, not technical. Mechanical difficulties. And she's like, I need you to do that thing later. It just sounded like, you know, an old married couple. Like, and you, you could just let your mind wander from there. Right. Like, I, I, I hope they... <laughs> that phrase comes out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because then. <laughs> Then you're just like, is that a massage? Is that like uh (laughs) some sort of foot scrub? I don't know. Well, and especially considering it was a mechanical issue, it's kind of like uh (laughs) I'm doing the awkward turtle. (laughs) But yeah, it I feel like it is definitely it happens. So then how?
0: I don't know. (laughs) I haven't extensively thought about this, to be honest. Maybe yeah. it's that thing. We don't know what it is.
1: So I started, like, this all, like, ring some bells for me. Like, in high school, I had read a manga series called Chobit. Uh, I've heard of it, but yeah. not really familiar. I was a big fan of Clamp. Uh, also heard
0: of it but not really familiar.
1: in high school um, so I was trying to like refresh myself because like there was this whole like I mean granted the entire series is just tension between the the, prote- uh, the protagonist and whether or not they would like reconcile the fact that she's a person come and he's a human but it was definitely highly suggested that like person comms were built to accommodate okay. like those sorts of interactions so oh my like, god that sounds so prudish sex they were about to <laughs> sex. Sorts those of sorts of interactions. of interactions like it could be anything i don't know um <laughs> so like she technically had like components that would allow her to like i mean allow him to sleep with her cuz i mean as a real person comes not have sentience she was okay. an exception because of chobits as okay. far as i
0: can remember because i'm not familiar with it. Yeah, I'm assuming that she was more like an android, like yes. much more humanoid.
1: Oh, definitely. And so then the like, so when when I was watching this again in preparation for this episode, I was just like, so does she have that kind of like components built in? Why did they build those components in, or is it just like something else that's just like not that traditional? Yeah,
0: I mean that's what I would have to assume because like, I would hope based on what we know, like. What we know as human sex doesn't seem like it would be possible. She she built herself, so, like, she chose the components that she's made up of. But I don't think those components exist for droids. I would hope not. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, basically, if, by and large, people don't view droids as sentient, they have all these, like, things that they're, like conditioned to do, or, like, controlled. So, via restraining bolts and memory wipes. Like, I would hope that the majority of droids, if not all, are not built to service human needs in that way. Yeah. But then you have the waitress droids. And, like, I don't know, maybe...
0: I'll just go off on a slight tangent about how I hate that diner. Yeah. (laughs) I hate it. It is so not star wars and just like i don't need there to be a literal diner
1: that people go to yeah okay i I was like like, where are are these waitress droids and i was like oh wait that's an attack of the clones isn't it yes it is see
0: that's like also you know the movie where they go to a bar or a club that is just like literally a sports bar
1: yeah I feel like because as I was talking about this, I was just like, you know, George Lucas would totally go there, right? Like, I feel like based on the conversations we had, and like as I was talking about the fact that most droids would not be built with these parts, I immediately thought, if I remember correctly, I don't think they even have legs. But they're kind of like they're they're su- feminine. They're yes, they are they feminine
0: looking versus yeah. other droids.
1: Yeah, and L three is also like the with the wide stance and the wide hips, right? Like, why why are the female droids more? I don't know. It seems like there's like deliberate evocations. Okay.
0: Of- so I just looked up the waitress droid, yes. and she she does not have like she just has kind of like a central stalk, and she has like a a uh, wheel <laughs> that she wheels around on. And I will say, I do have to appreciate about the female presenting droids, because, like, I don't know, droids don't have a gender. But the ones do that they? are, I don't
1: know, like, it's right, not else... really explained. Well, I mean, and this this is what Solo raises, right? Like, do droids identify with a gender? Like, would L3 go with, I mean, granted, we have no idea what L3 is like preferences are but like right and like then yeah it also raises the question like do people just assign genders to droids yeah
0: like how do you know r2d2 is male
1: yeah is he male
0: yeah i mean they always say he
1: yeah so maybe i mean like
0: i feel most like most droids are referenced at, with male pronouns
1: i would agree except for the ones that look like somewhat evocative of females however yeah. i will
0: say i do have to appreciate that the few examples of female presenting droids that we know of don't have like very prominent boobs
1: yeah as we learn <laughs> from this week delving into men who write women reddit man so much talk about boobs I, it's just extraordinary to me
0: Wow, I found looking at the Wage a page from the visual dictionary for Attack of the Clones. Oh man. And let's see. There's also a woman, like a human woman, on this page. Okay, so they have the waitress droid, and then they also have Hermione Bagua, who is also a Dexter's waitress. She duels with WA-7 for mastery of the dining room. <laughs> is that the droid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hermione grew up in the Coruscant underlevels and feels very fortunate to work on the surface now. And she is, like, the most 90s-looking person that you could possibly imagine. <sighs> And like that movie didn't even come out in the nineties. It came out in what, like two thousand two. She like she looks like Baby Spice.
1: <laughs> oh God. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm with ya. It's just like, are we somehow? I don't even know. Like why would why would that have transitioned to space? I don't Who know. likes diners that much? They're okay. I shouldn't. Yeah. I shouldn't rag yeah, on all okay diners. <laughs>
0: We have also established, I think, that <laughs> most people would not even think about being in a relationship with a droid, like, hooking up with a droid.
1: But That's is... Just... <laughs> sorry, is that actually true? Because I'm just thinking, like, today, now, when we have, like, Siri and, um... Alexa. Wow. Well, thank you. I was like, and Dora. No. <laughs> <laughs> Siri and Alexa, and you have people, like, falling in love with their AI, essentially. But wait, is that a
0: real world Yes! Yes! It is? Yes! Like, I've seen her, but, like, is that something that is
1: actually happening? I I swear, I just read something where people are, like, developing emotional attachments to their Alexa, to their, like, smart speaker. Because in part because they're probably quarantined and like... (laughs) And they're like, don't talk to anyone else. Yeah. But I mean, that's the whole
0: premise of her.
1: Right? And so like, if it's possible to fall in love with something that doesn't even have a body, can you just imagine like, something that would have a body? Like, I feel like, I mean, even just talking about humans very restrictively, because obviously we are human and we understand, like, I feel like there are definitely going to be people who like, view their droids as something more than just a droid.
0: I mean, I guess the Star Wars universe is vast. There probably are people out there that have developed feelings for their droids, or I don't know. Like I can, mm-hmm. I can easily env- envision there being like a story about that. I don't know where you would find. I'm sure, I don't know. There must be fan fiction, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I yeah. definitely see that happening, but it's not something that has ever been brought to the forefront or even like referenced. Or presented as a possibility before this that we've seen.
1: It's true, although does that reflect more on the director and the screenwriters? Like our current, I should stop moving my hands. I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to like symbolize a ball of c- culture, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> our current ball of culture <laughs> versus what's actually true in Star Wars. Like maybe, I mean. Well, I guess we only have the reactions of Star Wars characters to base this off of. And based from Han and Kiara. I really just don't know if I'm saying her name right. Kiara. Uh, it's just Kiara. It's just Kira.
0: spelled in a Star Wars way. <laughs>
1: Kira. Um, I honestly struggle with that even when it's not spelled oddly. So <laughs> I always just like long pause of like Kiara, Kiara, Kiara. It's weird to them. So we can, based on the fact this is like the first time it's actually entered the world, we can assume that it's weird at least to this particular cohort of people. Let's
0: finish (laughs) up our discussion about what actually occurs with L3. So they all go to Kessel to break into the facility to get the coaxium to bring back to Dryden boss, And L3 is in there with them. She's helping them with the security and goes up to a particular droid and is like, I need to use this terminal. (laughs) The droid is basically just not having a conversation with her like she would expect yeah. because he's a droid with a restraining bolt so she just like kind of offhandedly is like took your restraining bolt off just go go be free and then i somehow in the course of everything else is happening she i feel like
1: i feel like he asked her what i should do and she's like i don't know free other people Droids. So, would that droid be able to free other people, that other droids? He must have, because, like, when we, the next scene that, like, cuts our future scene, like, there's a bunch of droids who are just, like, slamming the controls in me, and, like, I swear one of them says freedom.
0: Yeah, so, like, one way or another, a bunch, if not all of the droids that are in that facility are freed, and they are all following L3, like, it's about to be a real uprising.
1: <laughs> it's kind of... a real uprising I'm just like this is so the way like it started and then the way like as we get in, we'll get into it ended is just like this is the worst scene in the movie to me
0: L3 and all the droids go out towards the ship and in the meantime Han and Lando and Kira
1: are like caught in a firefight and L3 gets shot can we also mention the fact that there are like Wookiee slaves here, oh, yes. and Chewbacca is just like I'm like he refuses to leave them, and Han's just like no, we gotta go, we gotta go, and then Ch- they split up, and then Han comes back and gives Chewie his weapon and says good luck. Yeah,
0: this <laughs> I was mean, really hard I guess for me. Like Han cares about Chewie, Chewie. not slaves, but <laughs> Chewie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Wookies in general just like they're really have it pretty fun. hard. <laughs> oh, I should also say too, while we're on that topic, bringing my Star Wars Daily calendar back into the conversation, there was recently a page that involved the Wookies, and I can't remember if it was about Kashyyyk. Let me see if I can find it. This was from July 10th, and it was Kashyyyk. So it was just information about the Wookiee home planet. But then I thought it was interesting that it made a point of (laughs) stating, while Wookiees build their homes in the planet's trees, they're not a primitive species. Oh, yeah. architecture incorporates sophisticated technology.
1: Yes. I know it's it's like that also I mean granted it's not as problematic as droids by any means but and I mean it does seem to be just like a symptom of the overall universe versus a symptom of like George Lucas's particular biases or biases but yes it seemed like Han was definitely like very dismissive of the plight of the Wookiees that were enslaved and like it was just curious to me, like, why they were in such a rush. Like, I know that coaxium is a volatile substance, and they didn't have that much time to return it to Drayden. But why not just liberate the colony and then take it?
0: I mean, to that point, too... It's not like Lando really seems to care what L3 is doing. <laughs> like, no! He lets her do whatever she wants, but he's not like, yes, I support you liberating the droids. Like He's just like, okay, yeah, you're, you're going off doing that again. This all ends in L3 being shot, and when this happens lando runs to her and i still don't know if this scene was at all intended to be comedic but it definitely is not to me to me it is heartbreaking and horrific so he runs to her and tries to pick her up to carry her away and she falls apart and he's just carrying her torso (laughs) in her head and it is disturbing (laughs) yeah And he's just essentially cradling her in the middle of this firefight. And Han has to drag him away with L3 and get him back on the Falcon. And he's just holding her as she dies, essentially. Yep. So they're on the ship and he's telling her, like, stay with me, stay with me. I'll fix you. And she just says, what's happening to me? And powers down. Yeah. Traumatizing.
1: Yeah. I don't think it was intended to be comedic, based on the fact that, like... But the... You know what? I can't even say that, because, like, it, the way that L3 is treated throughout this is very un, uneven, right? On one hand, like, there's this kind of push for equality. But on the other hand, like, when she literally says equal rights, it's considered a joke moment. So, like, that is not to be taken seriously even though the very nature of this movie raises those questions about equal rights
0: so yeah to me anyway that scene is just so sad and I feel like Lando is just so devastated and re-watching it I realized that the whole reason that Han ever pilots the Millennium Falcon is because (laughs) like Lando is with l3 as she's dying and then is grieving her with her essentially dead in his arms and tells han to go pilot the ship because like he can't
1: yeah i would say like this is part and parcel with this being a hard movie to watch because han is not great in this like yeah they leave them they leave them they leave an entire slave uprising to go fulfill a contract and it's just like, there's, I mean, what's going to happen? Are those Wookiee going to be enslaved again? Are those droids going to have the restraining bolts put on? Most likely. And they just, like, peace out. And it's supposed to be like, oh, we're back to the main quest. And it's just, that w- it was so hard to watch. In addition, because L3 dies in Lando's arms. But also just the whole overall injustice of everything. And it's not like they deal with it in a meaningful manner. Like, it's not like, by the way, we left those slaves. How do you feel about that? They're just like, brush it off. Really pissed me off.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that's, as we have said, generally a problem with this movie is that they wanted to do certain things, but didn't think through all the implications and the fact that things become problematic when you, Think about them even a little bit more deeply.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're going to start a slave revolution, maybe actually be willing to follow through with that and not just, like, use them as a distraction for criminal enterprises and then leave them as they're dying and fighting for their lives. Like... And then generally what happens
0: really in this instance and then wikipedia also cites other instances where there were droid uprisings obviously none of them were ever successful
1: yeah yeah i mean i i mean after this point like i was pretty much just on loop (laughs) (laughs) in the movie and like i i did continue watching it and everything but like it was like lex from jurassic park where i'm just like he left us he left us, like, he left us. We should talk about the integration. Yeah, so
0: essentially, like, Lando, again, is just so distraught and obviously wouldn't be able to do this himself, but they are trying to get to back to Dryden Boss, and they need her, <laughs> L3's navigation. So Kira goes and pulls out L3's internal processor, like, yanks it out... <laughs> Yeah, she does say sorry but like
1: <laughs> i feel like that's a sarcastic sorry like it's just like a dismissal of this being at all disturbing she's a droid after all okay <laughs> you should continue so
0: she yanks it out plugs the neural core into the falcon essentially making l3 part of the ship And when I was researching, I came across this excerpt from the solo novelization. And I actually read this aloud to my husband, because when I was putting this episode together, I wanted to get his perspective on some aspects of it. And (laughs) I'll go ahead and read it. Yeah. So she is having a conversation with the Falcon, which like, It also brings up some other issues. Are ships now sentient? A lot of questions. But this is a conversation, and it's the ship that is speaking first. If you refuse, you die. He dies. The others on the ship, they all die. If you join us, we can all live. The choice is simple. L3 responds, you tricked me. The Falcon then says, we couldn't have joined without you consenting to it. You made your decision a while ago. You just couldn't admit it. We are something different now. Not just the Falcon. Not just L3. We are new.
1: When did when did the solo novelization come out? I mean, obviously it was after the movie, right? So they just like built on that? It
0: was either right like when the movie came out or after. And let me check, because I don't actually know. Okay, so.
1: It was after, I guess. Which makes sense, right? Like, normally novelizations do come out after. So they're just building upon the world created here. Because, like, I was like, wait a minute, consent? But this does, like, it provides a mechanism by which, you know, Lando and L3's relationship isn't as problematic as it seems. Like, this is, again, an author doing an interesting job with a odd situation.
0: Yeah, so Solo came out in May 2018, and the novelization came out in September.
1: Also, I'm curious as to yeah. oh, interesting.
0: The movie came out on my husband's birthday, and the novelization came out on your birthday.
1: Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought the Falcon was at all like had an AI because I wouldn't say it's right. like a lack of a lack of AI as a rule in Star Wars. And then also how did the Falcon trick trick her?
0: I don't Like, I don't have all of the context around that quote, so I can't say for sure. I don't like but I read that to my husband and he was just like, What? Is yeah. this the Borg? Like what is going on? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not normal.
1: I merely think of like Mass Effect, of course. <laughs> it all comes back to Mass Effect. And I'm just like, yeah, getting into consciousness there, like You know, Evie. So that raises questions about,
0: like, L3 has been integrated into the Falcon, but is she L3 anymore? Is she the same consciousness? Like, is she aware in the way that she was? And then, of course, Lando loses the ship to Han, and Han has the ship for, like, whatever 30 years i don't know quite how long before a new hope this is but
1: so yeah no this again is just like han being a complete jerk in this like you know l 3s in the ship and you still decide to win it off a card game which i mean fine lando agreed to the terms but like it made it hard to like cheer for him at the end
0: yeah and I feel like retroactively looking at Wikipedia, there are references to like L3 because she's part of the Falcon helping Han Solo escape from the hot system. And there's that line where C3PO is trying to repair the hyperdrive and says that the ship has a very peculiar dialect, which like obviously <laughs> were existing before L3 was ever conceived. But it just makes it so weird and awkward that Han owns a ship that has this being that Lando had some sort of relationship with it incorporated into it. And then, like, Lando does get to fly the Falcon a few times, but it's just... I don't know. It, I feel like now I think about that when I watch the other movies, and I don't really know if it's a positive thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Maybe it's hard to say, like, we only have L3's word for it, that she didn't have reciprocal feelings. and Like, you know, maybe... I don't know. I don't even know. Like, you know, just because he had feelings for her, does that mean, like, he should be flying the falcon i mean i can understand why he wants to but like you know she's more than willing to help han but at the same time i feel like she'd prefer honda or lando to han i don't know it just gets it makes it more complicated and then it
0: does go back to that question of is l3 as we know her still there or no yeah.
1: and it is makes things lando- very complicated <laughs> still trying like you know because we see him flying the falcon and he obviously you know wants to get back there but like is his relationship with the falcon like does he feel towards the falcon the way he felt towards l3 or does he acknowledge the fact that she might be something different
0: i don't know like can can he talk to her
1: yeah i don't know well i mean like they were holding the little like navigation thing and they're like she says do this so i mean like there's a there's a pronoun there like there's obviously communication going on of some sort but then it's just kind of like because this wasn't a topic in the later films necessarily like it's kind of like makes them seem callous (laughs) yeah it just makes it weird yeah i mean what what's happening with her during the sequels right is she just like sitting on a planet like in stasis for like that's where we yeah she yeah. was just on jakku like chilling meditating yeah. for millennia i mean that's obviously not millennia very very obviously not millennia um <laughs> during the entire... was she like
0: then excited when ray and finn had to escape on the millennial falcon like oh i'm doing something again uh, it's just bizarre to think about the Falcon having some sort of sentience and having, like, a response to what's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then the way, like, yeah. Again, just not thinking things through. And then, I mean, ideally, if if we could have written the script, what would we have done? I probably would have done, I don't even know. Like,
0: I mean, this is a very interesting topic, but now that we've gotten into it, I feel like I I don't know if I would go as far as some of the comments that I read. But I guess I would have to lean towards, I'm not sure that they should have introduced this. (laughs) Yeah. Unless they were going to really get into it. And think through some of those implications. But I don't feel like Star Wars is ever going to do that.
1: No. I don't even feel like the movie did it. It's just like no. it raised these like very interesting questions. And then again they just like skipped across to the next thing. They're like oh yeah we're doing a heist. And I'm like yeah you just left a planet full of slaves. That you like offhandedly you know, liberated. And are just going to leave to die.
0: And as we said like droids were presented in a certain way. Up until this point. And this kind of just throws all of that into question.
1: Yeah. I mean if you wanted to view droids as pets, you could definitely have done that until all of a sudden it's right. like, well, you could have sex with them and it's just like, wait, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and that's not to say, like, like I said, there's Doctor Afro where there are like murder droids. There are
1: Kotor Scott Four Seven.
0: The Star Wars
1: universe
0: that I feel like you can kind of go into more of those types of topics like in comics or in books or in video games, but <laughs> in movies, which are like the primary vehicle for Star Wars and the thing that people are going to really watch as a wide audience, mm-hmm. like, people that aren't necessarily huge Star Wars fans, people that <laughs> don't want to go that deep into the universe. like
1: Yeah, this is their only, <laughs> yeah. only experience. Like,
0: So I would be interested if in the future there were ever content that grappled with those things or those issues, but I don't know if that will happen. And if it doesn't, It just leaves Solo is this weird thing that brings up all these questions.
1: (laughs) Going back to the assassin droid, like HK47 would just be like insane to think. I mean, he he refers to humans as meatbags. Yeah, man. I don't know. I do want to mention there's been a lot of talk recently
0: and there will be a delay between when we record this episode and when we release it. So who knows if, actual news will come out at any point in the interim. But there have been a lot of rumors, and there definitely are rumors. They're not confirmed, but there have been a lot of rumors lately about some sort of solo-related new content coming out. Usually what's mentioned is a show or possibly multiple shows on Disney+. And (laughs) I I don't want to get into rumors on this show really like our intent is not to be a show about rumors or even to be a show about news. I think we want to focus more on specific topics and discussion of themes, but because it is relevant to this discussion, one of the rumors is in particular about a Lando show. So I wonder if that turns out to be true, if we would see more of the
1: L3. That would be very interesting. I was thinking, like, L3 would still be deceased. Well, integrate with the Falcon, because she's not actually dead. And then we could kind of get into, like, Lando's representation and, like, his sexuality in a way that's maybe not so problematic, but, like, maybe he is. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's less his issue and more the fact that, like, the role that droids have Like, and how they're portrayed and how we've discussed about, like, talked about them on this episode. So, like, that came out poorly. But, like, we are going to talk, I think, our next topic about this particular, for this particular show is representation and whether or not, like, Lando's pansexuality really counts in terms of Solo.
0: So, yeah, in addition to what's portrayed between Lando and L3, prior to Solo even being released, there were interviews with Donald Glover, who plays Lando, where he made a statement about Lando being pansexual. So what we are drawing from comes from a Washington Post article that was published on May 22nd, 2018, so a few days before Solo was released. And they quote the co-writer Jonathan Kasdan talking about Lando and how Donald Glover portrays him. And he said that there's a fluidity to Donald and Billy Dee's portrayal of Lando's sexuality. I mean, I would have loved to have gotten a more explicitly LGBT character into this movie. I think it's time, certainly, for that, and I love the fluidity, yeah. sort of the spectrum of sexuality that Donald appeals to and that droids are a part of. He doesn't make any hard and fast rules. I think it's fun. And then Glover the Lover later said in an interview with Entertainment Weekly that Billy Dee Williams, who, of course, originally played Lando had told him to be charming and then he repeated the fact that Lando doesn't have hard and fast boundaries about everything and then said how can you not be pansexual in space there are so many things to have sex with I didn't think that was weird yeah he's coming on to everybody I mean yeah whatever it just didn't seem that weird to me because I feel like if you're in space it's kind of like the door is open it's like no only guys or girls no it's anything this thing is literally a blob. Are you a man or a woman? Like, who cares? Have a good
1: time out here. I am with, like, earlier on, I think, like, in our preparation for this, like, you had mentioned a tweet from the writer. Yeah. And I have that
0: too. So, there was a tweet from John Caston where he said, sorry to have brought identity slash gender politics into, nope, not sorry at all, because I think the galaxy George gave birth to in 77 is big enough for everyone. Straight, gay, black, white, brown, Twi'lek, Celestine, Wookiee, Droid, and anything in between.
1: So, yes, that sounds amazing. I also love the fact that he calls George Lucas George, like, (laughs) Uh, George and again like it's not it's not necessarily like Lando's preferences it's definitely like how droids are portrayed and like whether or not they're sentient raises like the biggest issues for me but like hearing that that conversation with Donald Glover I'm like so if it's not in space like is it just seems like it was space was like a very necessary parameter for like his approach to things. So that just kind of, I mean, I could definitely be reading that wrong, but it, it's, it's like, why, why is this only okay in space? Like, I mean, we don't have blobs on earth, like sentient blobs, consenting blobs. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a lot of conversation about all of this. And then the movie came out and as we were talking about before we started recording, other than whatever is going on with L3, the only suggestion that Lando was anything other than <laughs> heteronormative is when they're all in the cockpit. And well, actually, I guess this is part of the same conversation, but L3 says, Stop flirting yes. to him when he's talking to Han, and then he says, Buckle up, baby. But like, Yeah, so this Washington Post article is essentially asking whether these statements about Lando that were made by Donald Glover and the writers constitute representation.
1: I would say no. I mean, they're hinting, and that's great that they're, like, opening up this space. But if you're going to look to, like, a character that would, like, inspire young people, or, like, making me feel better about, like, you know, if I was gonna, like, come out as pansexual, like, I'm not gonna point to Lando. And especially considering, like, the amount of times that Donald Glover says weird, like, he's framing it, like, he him, him raising weird in that statement makes me think it's weird, like, it is not weird, like, pansexuality is not weird, so why would you be framing it's not weird? I definitely... I mean, maybe I'm not the person to answer this.
0: Well, I mean, I definitely see what you're saying about it being framed as in space. Like, oh, in space. Like, people have different, (laughs) I don't know, like, things that are weird here aren't weird in space.
1: Pansexual in space. So many things to have sex with, which is again implying like space has more options. Then he says it's not weird, which no one was saying it was weird. Uh, I mean, yeah, whatever, which is just a dismissal. Didn't seem that weird. Again, framing it as weird. And then this thing is literally a bob, spacey. If you're in space, another space parameter. And then have a good time out here. I, w- I would have preferred if there weren't so many caveats. And
0: we still don't have even truly a representation of, you know, just an LGBTQ person in a real way. We have a two-second kiss in the background of Rise of Skywalker, and that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if we're talking only movies, I was like, well, Ahsoka. But again, having not read that, I guess I can't really speak to, like, what that representation is. And again, that's not really what people are, like, interacting with Star Wars with on, like... Right. In terms of the masses.
0: So... It is disappointing that this was touted as being like, oh, Lando's pansexual. There's representation in this movie. And that's really not the case. And it's definitely disappointing to read that quote from Jonathan Caston. <laughs> it's like, I would have loved to have had an explicitly LGBT character. It's like, why didn't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. This felt like a Dumbledore treatment. Yeah. Like, let me tell you instead of show you, which I mean, honestly, is kind of the relationship between L3 and Lando as well, right? Like, there's enough ambiguity there where, like, he's sobbing over her, where it's just like, you know, how much does he actually care for her? Like, is that a romantic love or is it just like, I lost my first mate?
0: Yeah, and to be fair too, you, mentioned Ahsoka. I also haven't read Ahsoka, so I I can't speak to that in particular. But Doctor Aphra is an LGBTQ character. Nice. But again, that's comics. I, yeah. I like comics are a big part of Star Wars, but like you said, they're not a mainstream part of Star Wars necessarily.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I were to ask all the people I know who have seen Star Wars, if they've read a Star Wars comic, I would probably get maybe one person. So, I just,
0: I hope that sooner rather than later, we do have LGBTQ representation in a Star Wars movie or in a Star Wars show, in the the main line of Star Wars, because it really is pastime. So... To end on a little bit of a lighter note, I mentioned earlier that I did ask for my husband's thoughts. I specifically asked for his thoughts on the relationship between Lando and L3. And his response was, I don't have a problem with it. And then after I read him the novelization quote, he started talking about Pokemon. What? And... (laughs) How Pikachu never evolves, because if he did, then he wouldn't be the same. And, like, when Pikachu interacts with other Pokemon that he's known that have evolved, they don't remember him. So he was (laughs) comparing this to, like, what happened to L3, which he integrated with the ship.
1: (laughs) Huh. Those seem, like, very... I mean, if he was going to make the case that, like... It's equivalent to, like, the memory wipes of the droids. But how does it relate to, like, her, her like, merging with the ship? Like, she still has... I mean, does she not have a memory of Lando? I don't know. But, like, that's the association
0: that he made was, like... Well, yeah, like, that's the reason that Pikachu doesn't evolve. Because if he were to change what he was in any way, like, he wouldn't be Pikachu anymore.
1: So does... Man, I feel like they just... <laughs> I'm really struggling with this episode. That's such an interesting take on it because I honestly hadn't thought that she would lose her her memories. And I also didn't think that, like, she would forget who Lando was. And I also didn't think... <laughs> These were questions I had never considered until the Pokemon analogy happened. And now I feel like... All of the things we raise, plus that, again, maybe just a meaningful engagement with these topics would be enough. So then, to... yeah,
0: like did she say? I mean, even that quote that I read from the novelization, like she has putting personal... that together with what my husband said about Pikachu. Like she pretty much sacrificed herself to allow Lando to navigate places. <laughs>
1: But did she' cause like she's responding to the ship even after integration? And like, even if they're was, saying like I think
0: I don't know, I don't think it was after. I think it was like right before I'm not sure. I don't know like, I don't know if I'm gonna read the <laughs> novelization, but obviously, there is additional context
1: that I don't have. I I kind of do want to read the novelization because I was I'm just very interested in what how like what hoops they jump through to make it seem like it's totally fine we're leaving these slaves alone. I'm gonna mention this until the like. All right, you know Representations I feel all... I feel like this is
0: going to now bother me like stormtroopers bother me. Yeah,
1: where
0: they introduced Finn as a stormtrooper and I remember when the Force Awakens trailer came out and I was like. Oh, this is really interesting. And then a stormtrooper that defects and is questioning what's happening, like, wow. And (laughs) like that happened. But then subsequently, like no one cares about the other stormtroopers. They're just like, Geffen, you defected, but we'll just continue to kill all the stormtroopers. Like, it's acknowledged that stormtroopers are also people that have emotions and thoughts and they're just like oh but like Finn you're special
1: yeah yeah it's like they rate. They open a the can of worms and then they just like have no interest in delving into it so they just kind of like gloss it over and proceed with like whatever they perceive to be the main plot
0: and then they introduce Janna and her company of stormtroopers but I guess they're like also they the only other like additional 50 special stormtroopers
1: <laughs> yeah Only
0: Stormtroopers that have Force abilities will defect. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I mean, it kind of raises, since we had the conversation earlier about Star Wars essentially being a space fantasy, it does raise the issues of like how enemies are portrayed in fantasy where it's just kind of like you have faceless Stormtroopers, you have droids, you have orcs, and they're all kind of like othered in a way that is if you think about them are is intensely problematic. Like you're not supposed to think about them. You're supposed to be like, well, they're just stormtroopers, so we can kill them and not feel guilty. They're the bad guys and like droids have no feelings and, you know, they just say, Uh oh, comically before they're beheaded in space and like that's all fine. Because they have restraining bolts and they can't do anything else besides their like normal programming. And orcs let's not think about their culture or how they came to be. They're just there and they're awful and they're ugly. Like all these things are really don't withstand serious engagement with like thinking about them. And it's just kind of, it's lazy to me. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's great and interesting that
0: these points get raised and we just spent a whole episode talking about one of them. But I feel like if you're going to lack the courage to go any further than introducing it, it just
1: becomes a problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's worse. (laughs) So, Loya, what I think you should do is when you put up all of the reference links and everything for this episode, which will be on our website. You should also just to have a palate cleanser and a break from all the intense philosophical discussion, put up that drawing that I shared with you that one of my friends showed me that was relevant to our last couple of episodes She showed me a page from her fifth grade yearbook, which was the year that Phantom Menace was released. And they had a whole page about Star Wars being back. And kids in my friend's fifth grade class drew all the characters and the ships. And (laughs) it was pretty funny.
1: It was cute. It was cute. You're right. I can do that for like, when I'm working on the website, I can just post that picture. Okay, well, that's it for today's show.
0: (laughs) Our (laughs) intro and outro music is by Lobo Loco and our segment break music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us at StarWarsSleepover.com. As I mentioned, we will have lots of additional info and reference material on there. So definitely check it out. We're also on Twitter at SWSleepover. You can follow me on Twitter at Steli Lontane. It's S-T-E-L-L-E-L-O-N-T-A-N-E. And we are on Instagram at Star Wars Sleepover. Please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts because... We are new and that will really help us to get the word out. And then we would also love feedback from our listeners because we are a baby podcast and and we would love to have your input now. And also as we're planning for season two, so we will be back next week with what we swear will be a lighter episode. (laughs) We are going to be talking about makeup, in Star Wars probably the first of a few episodes but we will have a special guest who is much more of an expert so we're looking forward to that and thank you for listening
1: and may the force be with you